Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got the cure. Three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Hi, it's the Reading Bug. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Penguin Random House Audio and the new audio version of the all-time classic tale of The Little Engine That Could by Walter Piper. This 90th anniversary edition is read by Uka Simone Mohanty and Vikas Adam, with an introduction by Dolly Parton. And you simply don't want to miss it. Please support our sponsor and purchase The Little Engine That Could audiobook at libro.fm slash thereadingbook, or wherever audiobooks are sold. Hi, reader. Welcome back for part two of our Independence Day adventure. Part one was released earlier, so be sure to go back and listen if you haven't already. Reading Bug Adventures is written, performed, and produced by all of us at The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent bookstore. If you're still looking for a perfect gift for the holidays, don't forget to shop at readingbugbox.com and thereadingbug.com and let us do all the work for you. Reading Bug Box is a monthly book subscription with books handpicked by me and the rest of our bookstore staff to match the unique age, interests, and reading level of every subscriber. And at thereadingbug.com, you can choose from millions of books and gifts for every age. We have care packages, staff recommendations, and even books featured in your favorite Reading Bug Adventures episodes. And if it's getting too close to the holidays, you can also pick up a Reading Bug Box gift card or a gift card for thereadingbug.com. And if you'd like The Reading Bug to be part of your school or group fundraising activities, we now have an option for that, too. Over the past year, we've been working with schools and community groups to present virtual book fairs. Just pick a week, and we'll send you an easy ordering link to a branded webpage, along with a recommended book list for every age. You can also add wish lists and suggestions of your own, and there's no staffing requirement on your side. It's an easy way to raise funds while also supporting our independent bookstore. A portion of the proceeds based on sales are donated right back to your school or group. For more information, please have your school administrator contact us at talkback at readingbugadventures.com. Now, before we get started on our adventure, let me thank a few special friends. A great big hello and thank you to our newest patrons. You're part of what makes Reading Bug Adventures podcast possible. To become a patron and support our work, please visit patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Thanks also to Resonate Recordings, who does the sound mixing and mastery for our podcast, and to all of our sponsors. Okay, reader, I think it's time to get back to our adventure, don't you? Great! Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three, let's fly! It's a reading bug adventure, there's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Welcome back, reader. We're just finishing our jumble cookies and coffee with Abigail Adams and her young son, John Quincy. So you made it back just in time. You know, that little boy, John Quincy, is going to be the sixth president of the United States of America. Abigail is the mother of a United States president. That's not all. In about 13 years, Abigail's husband, 
and John Quincy's dad, John Adams, will become the second president of the United States. His term begins just after George Washington's ends. So Abigail Adams will become the first lady of the United States? Yes, she'll be the second first lady of the United States. <laughs> What's that, dear? Oh, nothing, Mrs. Adams. We were just discussing how, uh, good these cookies are. A recipe from my mother. I just love them. Reader, we're still back in 1775 with the reading bug, the spelling bee, and our new friend Betsy. Betsy was having a bad day. She wanted to run for class president at her school, but she's running against three boys and was discouraged that all the American presidents so far have been men. So the reading bug decided to bring her back in time with us to meet Abigail Adams so we could all see what a powerhouse Abigail was and how important she was to American history. And you were right, Bug. Mrs. Adams is incredible. Even though her husband had warned her to flee with their children in the event of danger, Abigail refused to leave her workers, her home, her livestock, and her crops. Her bravery reminded me that girls are strong, brave, and proud. That's great, Betsy. But I still think we should jump forward in history so that we can see more. The founding men and women of this country did some really remarkable things. But what about the Battle of Bunker Hill, Reading Bug? Remember, Paul Revere rode into town to tell us that patriots were running out of bullets. Abigail Adams sent him to collect metal from the neighbors to melt down for bullets. But what if the Redcoat armies win? Don't we need to stick around here to help Abigail and John Quincy? It's okay, Lauren. I've read about this battle. The bullets that Abigail's neighbors made helped the patriots defend against the attack. Unfortunately, the British Redcoats still won the battle. But the Redcoats lost half of their soldiers. And when it was over, they were surrounded by Patriot soldiers and could not get out of Boston. So even though the British won, the Battle of Bunker Hill was a turning point in the Revolutionary War because it helped the Patriots realize that they might still be able to win the war. After the loss, the commander of the Patriots, Colonel William Prescott, told his men that if they continued to fight as bravely as they had that day, the colonists might just win the war with Britain after all. So Abigail, her family, and her neighbors will all be safe? Yes. Oh, what a relief. Mrs. Adams, John Quincy, you're going to be all right. How, how do you know that? Trust us. You two have a lot more to do for the United States of America. Thank you for the coffee and cookies, but I'm afraid we need to go now. Hopefully we'll see each other again. I would like that very much. Thank you for your kindness and for welcoming us into your home. Now then, Magic Book Bag, we're all ready to see more. Show us what happens after this war. At the dawn of a nation ready to be free, the beginning of the U.S. democracy. Incredible! Stick a feather in my hat and call me macaroni. It's time to go! On the count of three, everyone into the book bag. One, two, three, let's fly! What an amazing adventure! I can't wait to see even more! And Abigail Adams did not disappoint. She was every bit the independent, awesome feminist you said she'd be, Bug. Abigail Adams lived an amazing life. She was born Abigail Smith in the Massachusetts colony, where she lived with her mom, her dad, and her family. Though most girls back then were not taught to read or write, Abigail's parents recognized that their girls were bright. And although they couldn't travel, they studied at home, and adventures in her books were how Abigail roamed. Abigail dreamed of a life where she could do more than cook and sew and perform womanly chores. She didn't want to stay at home and wait quietly while her brother lived a life that was exciting and free. Abigail is too wild, her mother sighed with remorse, but grandmother replied, a wild colt makes the best horse. 
At 15 years old, she met John Adams, a lawyer. He lived far away from her, so they wrote many letters. Abigail wrote that she hoped for a life that was more than the life of a wife and a mother of four. She dreamed that her life would be extraordinary and that someday she would travel to London and Paris. Once they married, John was named to the Continental Congress. But for women like Abigail, there was still little progress. And when John sailed to France to negotiate a treaty, he told Abigail that ladies did not belong at sea. But Abigail sailed to Europe anyway because she disagreed and wanted to participate. Through her life, Abigail fought for girls to be educated because she found staying at home was quite overrated. And she fought because she knew that Americans couldn't be free until everyone there had equal rights and their liberty. As a founder, a fighter, and later first lady, Abigail Adams is an important figure in American history. Amazing! And look, I think we're coming in for a landing. You're right, look. I think we're heading for some sort of a city. There are a lot of brick buildings and nearby churches, shops and homes, and the dirt streets are filled with people walking and riding on horses or in horse-drawn carriages. Hold on tight. Oh. Raining bug, where do you think we've landed? I've got an idea, but we can't be sure until we take a look around. Everybody follow me. Wow, look reader, we're definitely in some sort of town or city. There are a lot of buildings and people all around. And look at that building. It's bigger than the others and it's made out of bricks. And it has a high clock tower rising from the roof. Just above the large clock on the tower, there's an even larger bell. Reading bug, are we in the capital of the United States? In Washington, D.C.? Capital. C-A-P-I-T-A-L. That's a city or a town where government conducts its business. We are in the American capital, Lauren but we're not in Washington, D.C. How is that possible? Washington, D.C. wasn't always the capital of the United States. We're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The building with the bell is the State House, and the bell is the famous Liberty Bell. In the 1790s, the capital of the United States was right here. But we're here a few years earlier. If I time the book bag's landing right, it should be 1776. And... At that time, the capital was in Baltimore, Maryland. Well, then what are we doing here? Philadelphia in 1776 is where the Continental Convention is meeting. Look, I think we've timed it just right. There are soldiers with rifles guarding the State House, and there are even a few cannons nearby. Oye, oye, oye! The Continental Congress is meeting again today in an attempt to reach agreement on a letter. A declaration of independence to be sent to King George, declaring our colonies independence from the British Empire. But they appear to be at an impasse. Oye. O-Y-E-Z. Oye means hear ye, which is a call for silence and attention. Thomas Jefferson presented a new version of the Declaration of Independence for a vote by the delegates, but no agreement has been reached and debate continues. Tempers are rising as fast as the temperature, and the delegates are growing tired and irritable. And there is fear in the air that agreement on the terms of the Declaration will never be reached. Who is that, and what is he talking about? Reader, look. That man is standing in front of the State House, ringing a bell and holding a book. 
People are gathered around to listen to him. He's dressed up in a blue three-cornered hat with gold trim, a blue waistcoat, and brass buttons and white pants. That's the town crier, Lauren. I read that town criers were officials who reported out news and public announcements to people in town. Maybe we should go speak with him. Great idea, Bug. Follow me. Hello, sir. Uh, My name is Lauren, and these are my friends. We have just arrived in Philadelphia today. Could you tell us what day it is? Of course I can. Any town crier worth his salt knows what day it is. Today is July 4th, 1776. The 4th of July? That's what I said. But I have more important things to do today than tell every traveler that comes to town the date. My very important job is to make public announcements on the streets of Philadelphia regarding current events. Oh, is there going to be a 4th of July parade? Or fireworks? What do people do in Philadelphia to celebrate Independence Day? A parade? Why would we have a parade today? Or any sort of celebration? It's not a holiday. It's simply the fourth day of the month of July. Where are you from that the 4th of July requires a celebration? Lauren, reader, we celebrate the 4th of July in the United States to commemorate the adoption of the Declaration of Independence that declared the United States independence from Great Britain. It was adopted at the Continental Congress in 1776. You mean, today is the first 4th of July? That's right, but only if the delegates inside the State House agree on the Declaration of Independence. The town crier said that no agreement has been reached yet. But that has to be wrong. The Declaration of Independence is supposed to be adopted on July 4th, 1776. Everyone knows that. I can assure you that my proclamations are the most recent news. The Declaration has not been agreed upon, and it does not appear that there will be agreement today, or tomorrow, or perhaps ever. What's taking so long? Have you ever tried to get a lot of people to agree on something? Do you know the saying, it's like herding cats? Well, it is. Remember, there are 13 American colonies and a total of 56 delegates representing them who are meeting inside the state house right now. 56? I sometimes even have trouble getting two friends to agree on what game to play at recess. We need to help them. What? We need to help them learn how to compromise so they can agree on the Declaration of Independence before it's too late. Compromise. C-O-M-P-R-O-M-I-S-E. That means finding a way to agree on something that you can disagree about by talking and finding common ground. Exactly. And compromise is really, really important, especially today. The Continental Congress has to reach an agreement right away, on July 4th. Who knows how history will be changed, or whether there will even be a United States of America if the Declaration is not agreed upon today. If we could just get inside and help them find a way to compromise. You see things your way and I see them mine But if we work together things will turn out just fine You give a little and I'll give some too We'll meet in the middle, it's the right thing to do Let's all learn to compromise Just try this one on for size A great way to show that you are wise Is learning how to compromise We don't always see eye to eye So let's talk things through and not vilify 
Listen to me and I'll listen to you. We'll work together to create something new. Let's all learn to compromise. Just try this one on for size. A great way to show that you are wise is learning how to compromise. Let's all learn to compromise. Just try this one on for size. A great way to show that you are wise is learning how to compromise. I think I know a way for us to get inside. You do? But there are soldiers guarding the doors to the state house. If we try to sneak in, they'll catch us for sure. Not if we belong in there. Belong there? What do you mean, reading bug? The town crier gave me an idea. He's reporting news about the Continental Congress to everyone outside, which means he has to go inside to learn about what's happening. Well, sure, but... So what if we were town criers? They'd have to let us inside, right? I suppose, but we're not town criers, Reading Bug. We're just adventurers, visitors here. But if we dressed up like town criers, we could trick them into letting us in. Dress up? I didn't bring a costume on this adventure with me. Me either. Did you read her? That's okay. We can make our costumes. All you need is a piece of paper. That's all? Yes. We're going to make tricorn hats, just like the one that the town crier is wearing. Just take a rectangular piece of paper like the one you brought to color illustrations, the bigger the paper, the bigger your hat will be. You can even use a newspaper if you have one. If you want to see instructions for how to make our hats, you can find them on readingbookadventures.com. First, take your paper and fold it in half lengthwise. Next, on the folded side of the paper, fold down the sides in triangle to make a point at the top. Finally, Fold up the open sides at the bottom to make a rim for your hat. Then open the hat up and put it on your head. Great! You can fold the hat in the middle at the front too, so it has three points, just like the town criers. Very good, you make excellent town criers. Now, follow me. Do you really think this is going to work? I have no idea, but let's go find out. As we approach the soldiers in front of the state house, you'll need to act like a town crier. Do you remember what the town crier was yelling? I do. He was yelling, Oye! Oye, Oye! Which means, hear ye! That's right. Lauren, Bessie, Reader, let's hear you all yell, Oye, Oye! as we approach the soldiers. Oye! Oye! Keep it down there, lads. There's important business inside and tempers are already flaring. No need to disrupt the debate with your yelling. Tell him you need to deliver an important proclamation. Proclamation. P-R-O-C-L-A-M-A-T-I-O-N. That means a really important and official message. What was that? Um, hello, sir. We are here to deliver an important proclamation. We need to get inside. Inside? No one gets inside. Tell him you're the town crier. And that is your job, to deliver proclamations. But we're town criers. It's our job to deliver proclamations. 
Do you think the delegates inside would want to miss an important message like the one we've been asked to deliver? Town criers. Hmm. They are wearing tri-crown hats, Joseph. Maybe we should let them in. I don't know. Something doesn't seem quite right. Something about those hats seems... different. We're not only town criers, as should be clear from our hats. We are also friends of Abigail Adams, whose husband, John, is inside. You wouldn't want me to have to tell Mrs. Adams to tell Mr. Adams that some stubborn guards wouldn't let us deliver our very important proclamation, would you? Oh, definitely not. No, no need to tell us. You may enter. Quickly, right this way. Great work, everyone. Now, follow me. The delegates should be just through the doors on the front of us. It requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Look, I think it's John Adams speaking, Abigail's husband and John Quincy's dad. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. That all men are created equal? What about the women like Abigail Adams? I don't think they really meant to exclude women. They just meant that all of the colonists, as people, had the right to govern themselves. They called everyone men. I read that Abigail Adams had even urged her husband to remember the ladies when writing the Declaration of Independence. She asked him to be more generous and favorable to women than Great Britain had been and even told him that, if he didn't, that women would foment a rebellion. R-E-B-E-L-L-I-O-N. Rebellion. That means they will resist or even fight back against the new government. She was really something else. That governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. We've been through this part before. Move on. Hear, hear. Yes, but we've yet to find common ground on the Declaration, as the gentleman from Pennsylvania well knows. Let's adjourn for the day. No, you can't. Who, may I ask, are you? And what are you doing on the floor of the State House? I should have you tarred and feathered for such a disruption. Soldiers, who let these trespassers in? No, please. Mr. Adams, we're here to help. My name is Lauren, and this is the Reading Bug, the Spelling Bee, and Betsy, and our reader friend. You simply must agree on the Declaration of Independence today, on July 4th. But we can't. We've been deliberating and debating for four days straight, and some in this chamber are just plain stubborn. Here, here, here. Who are you calling stubborn? Yeah, the stubborn one, John. Everyone, stop it. I know you're all hot, tired, and cranky, but you'll never get anywhere by name-calling. If you need everyone in this chamber to agree, everyone is going to need to compromise. Compromise? Yes, compromise. Mr. Adams, on our adventure today, we were able to spend some time with your wife, Abigail. I know that all of the colonists, men and women alike, have fought long and hard against the tyranny of the British government. That's right. And now all of the other colonists and your wife with them are counting on all of you in this room to reach an agreement and declare your independence. Think about everything you've risked. Think about everything your families have risked. And now you're only moments away from creating a new nation for all of you. But first, you need to compromise. You see things your way and I see them mine. But if we work together, things will turn out just fine. 
be no adjourning today. We'll work through the night if we must, and we'll compromise so we can reach agreement for all the colonists who have given so much. And once we in this chamber agree on our declaration of independence, I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shoes, games, sports, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. Hear, hear! I can't believe it worked! Not yet it hasn't. You heard John Adams. He said that they would work through the night. And it's getting dark out already. They need to move quickly, or they won't agree until July 5th. I have another idea. You do? What is it? Quick, head over to that window in the corner. Now, while no one is looking, open the window up all the way. That's your plan? Open a window? Yes, if it works. You'll see why. Ugh, this window is stuck. Reader, help me open it. Great, it's open. Now what? Just wait. Where are all those flies coming from? Hey, fellas, leave my friends alone. We need to speed up the compromising and get those delegates to reach an agreement on the Declaration of Independence right away. Think you can help? Flies? Flies? What are these flies? Oh, flies in here. No. Me. What's happening? Dadgummed horse flies come Ew. from. They're fighting. I remembered that I read in What is the Declaration of Independence that there was a horse stable near the state house. And where there are stables, there are lots and lots of hungry horse flies. On July 4th, 1776, the horse flies from the stable made things so uncomfortable for the delegates in the state house that they sped up their deliberations and reached an agreement. You mean... Horseflies are the reason we celebrate Independence Day on the 4th of July? That's right. Bugs have played important roles in important events throughout history. Do you hear that? It's the Liberty Bell. That must mean that all of the delegates have all reached an agreement. They compromised and settled their differences, helped along by your horsefly friends, of course. Come on, let's get out of here and see what's happening in the town square. 
Oye, oye, oye! The Continental Congress has approved the Declaration of Independence. John Hancock, President of the Congress, has sent the Declaration to the printer and it will be distributed to the colonies tomorrow. The Declaration will be read out loud on the steps of the State House on July 8. Three cheers for our newly formed nation, the United States of America! What a relief, Reading Bug! Because you read so many books about the American Revolution, you remembered what finally caused the delegates of the Continental Convention to approve the Declaration of Independence, and you saved the day! I sure would love to stay and join the celebration down there on the streets outside the State House, but I think it's time for us to get back home to our families and friends. I can't wait to tell everyone about meeting Abigail Adams and how we worked together to help the Patriots in the Battle of Bunker Hill and to make sure that the Declaration of Independence was signed. Thank you so much for taking me on this amazing adventure. The first thing I'm going to do tomorrow is to prepare my speech for my run for student body president because you and Abigail helped me realize that I am brave, I'm fantastic, I'm strong, brave, and proud, and when I put my mind to it, I know that I can do it. I can do anything. Okay, are you ready? Let's all flap our wings and fly back home together. Hop three times with me, then into my book bag. Here we go. One hop, two hops, three hops, and we're in. We've had a big adventure within our book bag, and I think we saved the day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, book bag. Now it's time to fly away. Reading bug, spelling bee, reader. I'm so grateful that we traveled back in time today to beat Abigail Adams and to make sure that the Declaration of Independence was approved by the Continental Congress. I'm delighted that our adventure had such a happy ending. Today was a wonderful day, but it took seven more years until 1783 before the U.S. War of Independence ended and the United States of America became an independent nation. And even though most of the books about the American Revolution focus on our founding fathers, Colonial women were just as brave and strong as the men. I read in Guts and Glory, The American Revolution, that many Patriot soldiers brought their wives with them to the battlefield. These brave women risked their lives to cook meals, take care of the wounded, carry supplies, refill the ammunition, and bring pitchers of cool water to the thirsty soldiers. Some of them even fought alongside the men. When Mary Ludwig Hayes' husband came down with the heat stroke and couldn't fire his cannon, Mary, whose nickname was Molly, stepped in and kept firing the cannon for him. After the war ended, Abigail's dreams became reality when she lived with John in Paris and later in London. She even got to meet King George III and the Queen of England. In 1789, George Washington was elected the first president of the United States of America and John Adams was elected vice president, making Abigail Adams the first second lady of our country. And in 1796, John Adams was elected the second president of the United States, and Abigail became the second first lady. Everyone back then thought that the president's wife should stay out of politics, but Abigail Adams was her husband's most important political advisor. She discussed his appointments with him, edited his speeches, and researched foreign affairs. She was so involved in politics that President Adams' opponents referred to her as Mrs. President, but she considered that name to be a compliment. So, Betsy, Abigail Adams was the first woman to be referred to as Mrs. President. 
Even though she was called Mrs. President, it took more than 200 years before a woman was nominated by a major political party to run for President of the United States. Hillary Clinton was defeated, but in 2020, Kamala Harris became the first woman to serve as Vice President of the United States. Let's be sure to illustrate what we saw and experienced today to introduce our friends and family to the courageous men and women who fought for our country's independence and tell them more about the revolutionary life of Abigail Adams. Sadly, even though the Declaration of Independence states that all men are created equal, slaves did not gain their freedom or the right to vote until 1868. Women did not win the rights to vote until even later in 1920, and the fight for equality continues even today. You're right, Reading Bug. I can't wait to tell the story of all that we learned about the American Revolution on our adventure back in time today. Me too. And if you enjoyed today's adventure and want to learn more about Abigail Adams and the American Revolution, you can read any of the books in my book bag. A complete list can be found at thereadingbug.com adventures. And I hope you draw some exciting illustrations of our adventure today, reader. Hey, we're back. You're right, Bee. We're back home, safe and sound. You know, I'm really thankful that I have good friends like you, Reading Bug, Reader, and our new friend Betsy, too, to adventure with today, because... When you're a reader, you're a leader, you're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane, build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true, there's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Cause you're a reader, you're a leader You're ready to learn about everything as you grow You'll show this world that you can be anything You could sing your way into a Broadway show Don't let anyone tell you no Whatever you do, one thing will be true There's nothing you can't do You can make your dreams come true Just by being you Thank you for joining our adventure today, reader. The Reading Bug Spelling Bee and I have to go now, but we can't wait to see you on our next Reading Bug adventure. Bye-bye. See you next time. It's a Reading Bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Penguin Random House Audio and the new audio version of the all-time classic tale of The Little Engine That Could by Walter Piper. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. This 90th anniversary edition is read by Ulka Simone Mohanty and Vegas Adam with an introduction by Dolly Parton. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Excuse me, Reading Bug, I'm trying to tell our listeners about a wonderful new audiobook. But if you think you can do better than me, then be my guest. Oh, hi, Lauren. Were you saying something? Sorry, I had my headphones on and I was listening to the new 90th anniversary edition of The Little Engine That Could. Oh, that's why you were saying I think I can? Exactly. 
Ever since our steam train adventure together, I've been reading books about trains whenever I find them. But this audiobook is even better. It's like having someone read aloud to me. And The Little Engine That Could is an all-time classic train book. Oh, I know. I love that book too, Bug. I can't wait to listen. You know, you can find The Little Engine That Could at Libro.fm slash The Reading Book or wherever audiobooks are sold. Great! I'm heading there now. And reader, you can support our sponsor and our podcast by purchasing The Little Engine That Could by Walter Piper and other Penguin Random House audio titles too. Thank you to Penguin Random House Audio for their support. Thank you for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe, Riley, and Brandon Savage, and by Gabriella Melendez and Lila Engelman. Sound mixing and mastery is by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is our family-owned independent children's bookstore in California, and we are passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. Thank you. For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much, much more in the 100-plus episodes of The Past and the Curious that are currently available. Find it in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.